This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. the great commission is for your life as a believer this is it put on your refrigerator Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I will be with you always even to the ends of the earth go therefore go you're being sent out In his message today, Pastor Eddie will share what the Great Commission is for your life. Listen carefully and write this down. It's pretty simple. Go make disciples of all the nations. You're being sent out to share the good news of the gospel. You can go across the street, to the next town, or even across the ocean. We are to grow and encourage each other in the church. But once you go out the doors, you are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he begins his message in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verses 14 to 21. We're going to look at this morning uh, in verses 14 and 15. Paul's going to give us a series of questions, four questions in all. So let's look at uh, verses 14 and 15. He says, how then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? We pause there for a minute. And what Paul is just, this series of questions is just giving us a clear understanding. He's giving us pretty much a progression of how one would come to know Christ. And so what he's saying is that how can they call on Jesus Christ, to him he's referring to Jesus Christ, how can they call on Jesus Christ to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in Christ if they never heard of Christ? How can they hear about Christ unless they've been preached about Christ? And how can anyone go and tell them unless they're being sent? Now, it probably would would make a little bit more sense in the reverse order. Because it seems like when you read this, I said, Paul, many of you would probably know, hey, this... Yeah, these are all true, but, you know, there's a progression here. It doesn't go that way. I think it's, it sounds better. It probably makes more sense if we reverse it. Not that we're changing scripture here. Don't flip out anybody here. But we just want to look at the reverse order, and I see what Paul is saying here. So there are six key terms that are taken, uh, and if we look at them at the reverse order, is this. They first have to be sent, You sent, and it's a preacher. So you sent out a preacher. Uh, they would hear the preacher. They would believe what the preacher has to say. They will call upon the name of the Lord. And then we go all the way back to verse 13 where we left off. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, we send out the preacher. The preacher preaches the gospel. People hear the gospel. People believe the gospel. They call upon the name of the Lord. And then they are saved. 
Okay, so how can the world call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? How can that be done? How can the world come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And how can the world hear the glad tidings, the good news, the gospel? The answer, through the preacher. Through the preacher. And that's what Paul is pointing out here. Now, before we go any further, let us define the biblical term for the word preacher. I think we need to understand that. We're talking about biblical definition, not what we perceive what to be a preacher. Because usually when we think of a preacher, we think of one that's on a pulpit, one who, has a, you know, who is a church professional, has a title, a pastor, an evangelist, one who's wearing a suit or sandals nowadays or robe, you know. But that's not necessarily the case. And when we look at the word in the Greek, what the word preacher is, the word preacher in the Greek is caruso. Caruso. Say that with me. Caruso. It was hard for me. So a caruso. The word caruso, preacher, is used 61 times in the New Testament. And what it means is to proclaim, to announce, to herald. That's the definition of preacher. A caruso is a person who was a herald. In an ancient world at that time, it was very important. This person was important because he would go into the town, into the village, and proclaim and give out the announcement, the news. More importantly, if a king was to come into town, he would, he would announce the coming king. That's what a caruso is. Unlike today, you know, we have all sorts of sources for media. And though they're questionable, always, and they're not always truthful, but they come in paper, radio, TV, whatever. Here, they didn't have that, obviously, so they had a herald, the guy. He was, by definition, the preacher, the one that proclaims, that pronounced, the herald. And so, does these people still exist today? Do these people still exist? Absolutely. Absolutely, they exist today. You, the church, the believer of Jesus Christ, every single one of us in this room who has put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ has surrendered our life. You know, Jesus Christ is your Lord. You're a believer. You are a caruso. You are a preacher. And you may say, wait a minute. Well, because you know why we're so used to. It's just like you know, when, when you look at one denomination in Christendom, they, they use uh, saints. And you say you're a saint. The Bible calls us saints. Paul is writing his letter to saints. And if he's writing a letter, the person has to be alive to read it. It's not a saint. That's something you hang on your dashboard. And that's something you hang. No, a saint is person is alive. So the world thinks saint is oh, one of those things that are made of plaster. No, you are saints. So the same way with preacher. And so what Paul is saying here is that the primary way in getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world is through the caruso, the preacher. And it doesn't just apply to the pastor. As a matter of fact, it is really not my responsibility as a pastor to preach to you. It's your responsibility to preach. You are the church. You are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ out there. 
You go and proclaim the gospel. You go out there and preach the gospel. When they get saved, you bring them in here. And we will explain and teach. You proclaim out there, we we explain in here. You preach out there, we teach in here. That's the way it was done. When we find Christ giving uh, the examples of sending people out, as a matter of fact, when we look at uh, the verse 15, when the question, he says, how shall they preach unless they are what? Sent. Sent. Not in the church. Unless they're sent out. And so the church, the preachers, the Carusos, are being sent out. And it's not only for missionaries, though. You know, we always associate that only with missionaries. But can I tell you, there's a lot of people, I want to go be in missions. I want to go this. You know, you, you don't even have a heart to go across the street if you want to go to another third world country. And we have a problem. As much as there are unsaved people in these third world countries, as a matter of fact, they're doing a lot better than what we have here in the West. They're getting saved by the thousands. We have the problem. I think the mission should now be focused at home right now. But there are more people that are unsaved here than I think anywhere else. And so we are to preach. Yes, it could be leaving your country, leaving your community. It really means to leave your house. It really means out of the church. And that's always been the plan of God is to send out the Carusos, the preachers, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the words that Jesus has encouraged us. Jesus said to his disciples just before he ascended to be with the Father, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall be witnesses. You know what the word witness is in the Greek? Martis. Sounds familiar? You martyr. I'm a witness. I'm a martyr. Right? All the same, What? No, that's what a witness is. That's the definition of a witness. It's to believe what you believe wholeheartedly, even if it kills you. Well, I'll say it a little bit better so you won't get too scared. We're in the West here. You believe what you believe, even unto death. You shall be a witness. And what Jesus throughout into Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. How are you going to do that? You have to go out. You can't do it from home. You have to go out. You know, before this, Jesus said, his disciples, listen, just stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Then that was the birth of the church. But after they received the power, now they could go out through all the nations to leave. They were never meant to be in the upper room. As a matter of fact, that was the problem with the first church. After the day of Pentecost, yeah, they were multiplied by the thousands, thousands. Yeah, Stephen gets martyred, and all of a sudden now they're scattered abroad. God wanted that. God allowed persecution. Why? Because they had their little Christian land. They had their little Christian community. I thought of that many times. I wish I could live in a Christian island. Everybody's a Christian. Nobody works on a Sunday. You pull off, everybody's nice to each other. Nobody robs and steals. No locks, no alarms. You know, it's great. But that's not what God wants. How are people going to get saved that way? It's easy to be a Christian among Christians, right? It's easy to be a Christian in Christian land. But go out to the world. It's not, that, it's not that easy. You think it was easy for Jesus when he came into the world? No, he died. He died for us. So he gave us the, greatest, the great commission. What's the great commission of the church for you and I? If you don't know what the great commission is for your life as a believer, this is it. Put it on your refrigerator. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. 
And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Go therefore, go. You're being sent out. That is the work in the ministry. I mean, I'm blessed to hear of, you know, the worship team. You think they're here on Sundays? No, they had two busy Saturdays where everybody's worried about this Saturdays. Oh, I do this on Saturday. Oh, I got to do this. These guys love the Lord. And I'm blessed because last week they went and they ministered for awareness for autism. They're singing about Jesus. Run for the sun with the motorcycle ministry. They went yesterday singing about Jesus. So you can see, this is what we're supposed to do. Every opportunity we get to go out there and minister, we'll do it. That's a true caruso. That is a true witness of Jesus Christ. It's not just being in our little bubble, but it's to go out. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim, that's what we do, we preach, proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world, all the world, not just home, you can't do that from home, and preach the gospel to every creature. He's not talking about plants and trees and start hugging trees now. He's talking about people, everyone, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter. Preach the gospel go. So we, as believers in Jesus Christ, are called to preach, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Now, preachers don't preach to preachers. Preachers don't preach to preachers. Singing to the choir, you heard that? And based on the definition of a preacher, what does he do? Share the gospel. We already know the gospel. That's not to say we, we, we forget the basics because you know, it's just like we celebrated not too long ago, uh, you know, uh, Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday. We celebrate that every day, but you can never get tired of that amazing work that God did on that day. But how often are you going to be given milk? Right? You feed a child milk, you know, it's going to solid food later on. It's going to want a steak. You grow up, you don't, eat, you don't drink milk anymore. You start eating the solid foods, you grow. And that's what we do. So preachers don't preach to preachers. Preachers are really not for the church. They're to make the announcements, they, to make the proclamation, to proclaim Jesus Christ. They're supposed to herald the good news of Jesus Christ outside of the church. We have this misconception of what the preacher are to do or who is a, who is a preacher, you, the church, again, are to preach out there. You preach out there, we teach in here. You proclaim out there, we proclaim in here. Now, as far as in the church, what do we do in the church? Well, I believe there's just too many preachers in the church pulpits. Too many preachers. We need more teachers. That's why the church is hurting. People are not growing in the word. They're not learning the Bible. The church is where we get to learn the Bible. The church is where you're taught the scriptures to learn, to apply it to your life. It's not to come into a church and, you know, that's why we heard. Jesus says, my people, well, God said, my people perish because of lack of wisdom. 
My people. Not other people, not people. My people. It's lack of wisdom. Why? Because we, we always want the milk. And now, it's not only just milk coming from the pulpit, it's cotton candy. What happens when you eat cotton candy? Right? It's all big and pluff, fluffy, big, right? Just put a little piece, boom, gone. They didn't even go down the esophagus. I mean, it's like, it tastes great, but what does it do for you? Nothing. It's all puff. It looks good. It tastes good. It does nothing. And that's what's happening now. There's a lot of motivational speaking coming in the church. That's why, you know, instead of the, the pastors actually teaching the, the, the flock, they're entertaining the flock. That's why, and then they leave. What, what are they doing out there? No. Hey, church is cool. Come. Hey, it's cool. Come hang out with us. You know, it's like, you know, now the church is becoming the world, right? It was never meant to bring the world in, you know, to say, but that the church would go out to the world. That was the message of Jesus, to go out to the world. Yes, once they are saved, then you bring them in. How did they get saved? They were sent. Carousos. And so we're to teach the word of God verse by verse. And this is what Jesus told Peter. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. He didn't say scratch them behind the ears because they love it. Tickle the ears. No. Yeah, little lambs love that. No. And sometimes I say things that doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound good to some sheep. Yeah, scratch them behind the ears. They'll like that. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak the truth. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. Feed the sheep. Tend my sheep. And then he said, feed my sheep again. And the churches are not doing that. The pastors, the leaders are not teaching the congregation. This is important. Why? Because how would you be ready to give an answer? Paul says, be ready to give an answer. And that word is a Greek word, apologia. We get the word apologetics. You got to know there's a lot of false gods out there. There's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of people who are hurt. They're following things. They don't even know what they're following. And how would you know unless you don't study the word of God? So that's when we come in here. You understand about salvation. You understand the doctrine of justification by faith, which is just study when we began this uh, study of the book of Romans. Now you know what that means. Now you can share. Listen, that's all works. Yeah, no, we study this in our church. It's all works. We're saved by grace. It's just by simply believing. What about the Jews? Oh, they have to believe in Jesus too. So see, now you know because you've been taught. I didn't preach to you. I didn't give you five steps to a better you, a 10 steps to a better you, or 20 steps to a better you. It's the Bible. And so that's why it's important. This is why it's important for you to be preachers. Each and every one of you are preachers. You to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ out there. There is a world out there that are lost. We're giving all kinds of false, bad news. And they're lost, they're suffering, and they're perishing. And who has the good news? Who's going to herald the good news of Jesus Christ? Caruso's, you, the preachers. Go out there and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And lead them to the Lord, and hopefully they accept Christ Bring them in here and we'll teach them. Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 21, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Sent, we're sent out, is not in here. We grow, we fellowship, we encourage, we pray for one another in here. This is why it's important, the gathering of the saints. But the work and the mission is out there. 
Once you leave the door, every time you come in here, whether it's a Wednesday night study, a Tuesday night prayer meeting, whether it's a 9 a.m. service or 11 a.m. service, once you leave the doors out here, you're to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus calls every single believer, the body of Christ, to preach the good news to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. Now, this is what the prophet has to say about those who are sent out, who are sent out with good news. Those who are probably, I don't know, running, walking, traveling, and the good news, they they have beautiful feet. He says in verse 15, he says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And what Paul is quoting from two places, Isaiah 52, verse 7, and Nahum the prophet, chapter 1, verse 15. And he's referring to a time in the Old Testament when Israel finally received good news. They received good news from a messenger. Good news, why? Because they were in a Babylonian captivity. And so the exile, God sent send them out of that bondage. Now this good news came from the messenger. And sure, that was good news for the people, children of Israel. They were set free. Now we fast forward to 1900 years and Paul's day, Paul is applying this verse to to his day for the Jews. They have the good news. Jesus came. He was that guy that Jesus of Nazareth, he was the one. And Paul was sharing the gospel, going to all the synagogue and and during his uh, missionary journeys out to share the gospel. And he's, he's, he's sharing this now, how beautiful are the feet. So we look at the feet of, 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 of Paul. Can you imagine those who actually walk for miles? We, we have the, we have, we're blessed to have uh, vehicles, trains, and planes. Some countries don't. Some countries don't. I was talking to uh, Jeff from uh, MCA where they buy bikes, uh, for pastors so they could get to places. That's a lot for them. We had a missionary from China a couple of years ago, and you know, he came here, and he was blessed because we, as a church, blessed him, you know, together, and now that he's able to buy a moped. There, there are means that we have that we really take for granted that these other third world countries don't have, and they share in the gospel. How beautiful are their feet? How beautiful are their feet? And meanwhile, we could minister to people again. We could minister to our neighbors across the street, or even to our coworkers over coffee during a lunch break, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's our privilege and responsibility as the church to go with beautiful feet and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not the feet that are beautiful. Some of you may have some nice pedicures, whatever. But it's not that the feet are beautiful, but the message that the feet brings. Guys are like, what's that? It took me a while to understand the difference between pedicures and manicures, okay? Is the message that the feet brings is beautiful. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? 
We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.